You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and today I am sitting down with Tiger Lily Gold. Kendra and Krista, sisters from North Dakota, formed Tiger Lily Gold back in North Dakota and were playing all over that area and that region, making a name for themselves at an early age. Then they moved to Nashville and they have just taken Nashville by storm. They are so incredible. They've played the listening room many times since uh, around 2017, 18, something like that, I think was their first show. They're riding with incredible riders. They just had their Opry debut not too long ago. Their brand new song out at radio, Shoot Tequila, is incredible. Um, We're going to talk about the story behind that song and everything that's going on with them. I can't wait for you to hear it. It's an amazing episode. Let's get to it. Here is my friends, Tiger Lily Gold. Hey, everybody. This is another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair and Tiger Lily Gold. Kendra and Krista in the house today. How are you doing? Yeah, so I'm so glad that y'all could do this today. And uh, man, it's like so much to uncover. I watched you kind of uh, come up through Nashville and we were just talking before this, you played your first show here, I think with Kit Blazy in like 2018 time. Yeah, and we were still fresh. I mean, we had moved to Nashville in 2017. So I remember being super nervous to get on yeah, stage with friends and, and yeah. It's a big deal to play the listening room for the first time, like freshly moving to Nashville. And Kent and um, we had written a song with them. He's like, hey, like I played a set of the listening room. Like, oh, let's pull you up for one song. We're like, oh my gosh. I God. We were like, this is, yeah, we were so excited. So, I love it. Yeah, he was really nice to have us come up and, and sing with him, you know, being early to Nashville. So that was really sweet. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the comment about the listening room, too. That means a lot to me. And you've got some other pretty iconic stages that you've recently walked onto. So we're going to get to that a little bit later. But let's first go back to, like, the beginning. You're from North Dakota. Me. Sisters grew up singing. Um, yeah. And you had a lot of stuff happen early on before you even got to Nashville. So walk me through kind of that and then getting to Nashville. Yeah. Uh, well, Krista started writing songs when she was 10. So for a long time, I don't even know what you were writing about. Your neighborhood crush at that point. Yes. Um, <laughs> my first song was called Sometimes I Wonder About uh, Kyle. <laughs> and Kyle is now, you know, off in the military with, with a wife and kids. So wish him well. But yes, I was writing about my neighborhood crushes because, you know, we grew up on you know, country radio and uh, obviously Taylor Swift is a big influence. I was like, she writes her own song. So I guess I guess why not? Yes. Uh, he was writing, started to play guitar. I was in piano lessons by second grade. So we always just we love music our parents are not musical which is the funny thing we have another sister she uh she loves music but she's also not really musical in the sense of wanting to do this kind of thing so uh, she would never want to be part of the band we tried to get her to join at but once we kind of had both started writing songs instead of just doing it as a hobby we were like when you have these songs you need to put out in the world what do you do you start a band and honestly we had no idea what we were doing it was all trial and error at that point um but we were so young right at 14 and 16 we officially started our band and then we started touring around north dakota basically anywhere uh they would have us play so county fairs or maybe opening up for a bigger act we would tour schools and go around and give these like inspirational speeches and sing to kids while we were still in high school 
Um, and so it was really cool that North Dakota kind of gave us, you know, that stepping stone to even give us a chance in the first place, because that really gave us some confidence and some encouragement. And then we started to break out into the surrounding states and do some shows around there and then eventually started making a few trips back and forth to Nashville. I remember our first trip down to Nashville, we drove 22 hours with our parents um, and then three of us girls and went to the Grand Ole Opry for the first time. And uh, we were just so mesmerized by this city. And we knew that someday we wanted to be here. Uh, but once you had graduated high school, it was like, okay, how do we realistically make this yeah. happen? Now's the time. Yeah. 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 So what year was that? That was 2017? Yeah, 2017. We officially, in August, made the move. Um, and we both transferred into Belmont, actually. We were going to move here regardless, but then it ended up working out to go to college. Uh, and I was, we actually uh, registered for classes both at uh, MTSU and Belmont. Because yeah. I didn't even know what college we were going to. It was like, oh, we need to get down to Nashville. Yeah. However that works out, um, we ended up going to Nashville's Belmont. number one, whatever college. Right, second. Yeah. I mean, uh, close. And yeah. So, yeah. So then we went to Belmont, got our music business degrees. And then while we were doing that, started really trying to write with anyone who would write with us here, obviously. Um, that's just kind of how you do it. It's trial and error. And um, anyone who will give you the chance here, you kind of just take that opportunity. And uh, so we started to write a lot. And then obviously we needed a way to pay our bills. So we started playing down on Broadway about three days a week, doing the four-hour cover gigs. And that was our life for about three years. Yeah, so it started out at Nudie's. Okay. Which uh, we skipped class at Belmont to go audition, which was kind of funny. Um, and then we had to call our parents. And we're, like, we're playing at Nudies. And they're like, yeah, what's Nudies? What is that? <laughs> strip club. Like, no, no, no. not what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really nice because at Nudies, we were able to kind of work out. Like you have to learn 60 to 100 songs to play down on Broadway. So it's, it's a lot right away. And I was pretty terrified. We had never done the four-hour cover gigs before. So it was a great... You know, we we learned a lot and worked a lot of things out at that bar. And then we, yeah, we switched over to Dirk Smentley's Whiskey Row for about two years there. And that really was our kind of home bar. Yeah, we were able to throw in originals one or two every hour. Uh, we really made a lot of fans down there. We still get people, um, you know, wherever we're traveling, like, we saw you guys at Whiskey Row uh, or we're from North Dakota. Those are the two yeah. things. We always have someone who saw us play down on Broadway and then some or Iota. And yeah, this November, it'll be exactly two years since we haven't played consistently down off Broadway, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, because um, that was and it was so hard for us to like completely, I, I would say, give or transition out of that um, because we, it paid our bills and we made so many fun fans down there. And we got to honestly like play so many fun songs yeah. too, like jamming. I think the part we miss most about playing downtown is like. We just got to jam for four hours. You know, it was like 80s songs. Yeah. Now early 2000s music. Now the most we play at a time is usually 90 minutes at the longest. Um, but yeah, it's it's a stepping stone. But yeah, we loved, we would never trade that experience for anything because we learn a lot. A lot. But yeah. And it's in many different ways. Yeah, I may not be ready. You see little things. Yeah. I played the six to 10 slot at uh, um, Tootsie's. Hey, that's a slot. Oh, hey. five. Five Ooh. nights a week for a law five. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. How was your voice? It was terrible. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just, but it was terrible. But yes, you got to experience, you like, 
figure out how to work the crowd and like, you know, all that. And really like invaluable lessons yeah. that you can't learn anywhere else. I will say it's funny because you don't have a voice after you sing for three nights or five yeah. nights. Yeah, I don't know how you did five. Three was about our mouth. And so we had a lot of friends out. We yeah. get to Monday and I would like have no voice at all. But I, I say now that I didn't have to smoke to get the rasp. I just had to <laughs> yeah. over sing down on Broadway. It's <laughs> When I first started playing, um, they still allowed smoke. Oh, yeah. So Ever. it was like so you got low <laughs> ceilings and like, oh yeah, it was awful. Um, so you're, you, you did that um, for, for quite a while, worked up your chops. Um, then um, what was the writing like when you first started getting into the room and co-writing with other people? Yeah, yeah. Now, and that, the early days in Nashville, like Kendra said earlier, we were just trying to write with anybody who would write with us. Uh, I've never co-written for No, as, you know, with each other, yeah, other yeah. but it's a very different thing. Um, and I remember being initially so protective over my ideas and like my songs. And I was a little stubborn in the sense where I needed to like open up a little bit. And I think yeah. that was like one of the first lessons I learned. Like, hey, people are trying to like help you write the best song possible. Like that's all what collaboration is about. Um, and I remember like we really tried to write the coolest so like, what's like, the most artsy thing we can write cool and artsy and in the last six years what i think we've learned the most is just say it how it is you know and you don't have to try to be cool just have to be yourself and i think that's a a good lesson that we've learned along it if, if sure people don't understand the song it doesn't make it better you know what i mean <laughs> like i mean unless you're like that artist but yeah you know we write country music and country music is been known you know three chords and the truth um but Basically, the more real and open and honest we are with our songwriting, we learn the more it connects with people. Yeah. Which it seems yeah. like a no-brainer, but it took us years to figure out. Oh, we don't have to be like the most artsy or. It's also a weight off your back to just be who you are and not try to be the cool cat. Right. You know, I don't know. Why I just say cool cat. I don't know if I've ever said that in my life, but you have to be the triad. <laughs> Try it out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's it was pretty amazing the the people that you were getting in a room with too. Like, so how did that happen? Because most people don't all of a sudden start writing with Ken Blake. Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate. It's like mutual friends. So, you know, on a show with Ken. Yes. And I would worry. Uh, yeah, Corey Batten. And from that, they had kind of been like, hey, let's, let's, they, you know, Super and Oliver, they had all these hits and they did not have to do that. Uh, for these two new girls in Nashville, but they extended the arm out and said, hey, let's write a song. Um, and we did that, and it was amazing. And there was, that's the coolest part about Nashville, is there's people like that. And then, like, Clint Daniels is one of the first mm -hmm. people we wrote a song with. And I think he saw us. all these hits. He saw us play. That's a little thing. I think, let's, let's write a song together. So, so these people reaching out, extending an arm, being like, here's these new artists in Nashville. They are Definitely not as seasoned as I am, but we're still going to, you know, help them grow, help them learn, give them this chance. And that helped us. It was very fun. Cool. Now that I look back at it, it seems to be like a theme of like, we played a lot of like writer's rounds. We did everything we could. Mm -hmm. It was usually after we had played a show yeah. that we would make connections afterwards. So like all those writer writer's rounds, you think, oh, I don't know if they led to anything or was that important to do? It all leads to maybe relationships that you have for years and years yet come. So I don't think anything is completely 100% pointless in your early days in Nashville to do, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Uh, say just do everything. Why? Right, because you sometimes- never know. Um, and then we were lucky early on. We knew a couple people in Nashville, not many. Um, Gwen Sebastian, who she tours full time with Miranda Lambert. She was probably one of the first people we co-wrote with. And, um, you know, yeah, she helped. She introduced us to quite a few people. So we're lucky with uh, in that. Um, but otherwise, it was just trial and error. Um, and, you know, people said, oh, you should write with this person. You'd be good with this person. It takes years to build up your network. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Which, which, uh, which right did you go into that you're all of a sudden like, did it click? That is like, oh, my gosh, this is this is pretty amazing. Did you have that moment? I think the first time, this was after we had signed our record deal. I don't remember if we had our publishing deal signed yet. I think it was between, maybe. But the first time we had written with um, Shane McNally and Josh Osborne, it's actually the only time we've written with them. We have not written with them again since. We would love to. We cut the song, so yeah, it went great. Shane. Uh, was come on, Shane. We love you. Uh, but it was actually over Zoom because they were, you know, traveling the world doing who knows what. Yeah. Uh, so we were in our kitchen and... You know, they popped on and I was so nervous. We were so nervous for that, right? Because we look up to them so much. Oh, we yeah. wanted it. To, you just want it to go well. You're like, I want to like the song. Just wanted to like the song. That was what I kept saying. Like, I know they're such talented writers and we're going to get, I mean, we're going to get a, a song done. Yeah. Yeah. Like they zip through it real quick, but I want to, I want to like it. And it's, they have so much success. They're mm-hmm. the top of Nashville and they couldn't have been nicer and more involving us like if we had an idea they took it into consideration and they worked around it and um they wanted to always yeah they they had open arms you know to write that day and so i thought that was really cool like you can be at the very very top and you're still you know humble as could be and uh yeah that right was so much fun they were it was like they're so quick they're like so keep up come on girls that's how you know it's like i'd maybe get to the same line maybe Five minutes later, but I just know it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, it's what we learn. Number ones. But yeah. um, it's really cool, though. Like, so you have to take people like Josh Osborne and Shane McAnally, you know, the goats. Um, but also, it's really fun, like, finding your own, like, up and coming network of songwriters. Yeah. Because you're able to take a little bit more time with them. Yeah. And they have a little more time to give. Um, but for this last project that we're releasing through this year, the first time I wrote with Alex Klein and Scott Stepikoff, it was our second ride with him, but the first time with that combination of people, there's just like certain things that click. And I don't know how to describe it, but it was like, this works. And you and you stick to that a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, and you kind of understand too, as you're growing from the artist's perspective, like as you're growing and you find these groups of people who you write great songs with, you understand kind of why Nashville has those writing camps because once you find those people you create so well with, don't really want to change that but i mean we try new people all the time in new combinations and we love to write with new people but if we have our like best idea we're gonna probably bring it to people who we know we're gonna get would you start us on with yeah because it is like the writing scene in nashville is so hard to break into yeah. i mean the same because we always we were always playing shows we always you know we're trying to create fans um and we never tried to rely on like industry support but we always wanted it like that's why we moved to nashville but it's so hard to get your foot in the door because there's a million people who move here every day trying to do the same thing you are. Um, it just takes time. And, you know, I will say, like, signing with Monument Records, um, just being prepared for when the opportunity does come um, is is really important. But, yeah, I, I think mostly our writing changed a lot um, 
problem when we did get to sign with Monument because we went and played for Shane McAnally, Jason Owen, Katie McCartney over there. And really, Shane was like, I love y'all's voices. I love what you do. How would you feel more like if the production took more of a organic seal, more like live band, which you guys do 24-7 down on Broadway? And I was like, you know, when you say it like that, it makes so much sense. Um, but then, then it gets real. And it gets a little scary. You're like, okay, now I'm with a label. They're only going to release so many projects on you because you feel that pressure a little bit. Like, I better be... I better okay. step it up. I better step it up, you know? Yeah. I mean, we didn't really think of that in the writing room because you never want to put that pressure on yourself. No, you just need to write. Um, but yeah, like I said, going back to that thing, it's like the more real we were with our experiences and finding like things that hadn't been said in a certain way or re- like things that are really true to us is what we really leaned in on. Yeah. We, the, the tribe that you write a lot with now, did that come through just, again, being out and... Uh, around town or um the 615 house yeah i think i will say for the new music it came through signing our publishing deal okay yeah because that really helped that really helped a lot uh our publisher publisher lee crable set us up with a lot of different rights or to kind of see what had or what would work and so he set us up with alex and scott he set us up with pete good and josh jenkins he set us up with Kevin Griffin and David Mescon, uh, which are all these writers that has, you know, we've written great songs with. And so uh, I don't think we would have gotten those relationships without signing with Smack. I mean, maybe they would have happened eventually some way or another. No, the same way, but that definitely yeah. signing our, our publishing deal really helped that for sure. Yeah, this it's come up with several people I've talked to in town because, you know, there's two ways to look at it. Like, you know, there's there's writers that I talk to that have that school of thought of like, I don't need a publisher. Um, I want to hold on to all my stuff, you know, all of that. But yeah, it's those doors that are open, those publishers, you know, guys like Shane and Smack hold the keys to the doors that, you know, those new writers the town can't open. Exactly. I un- And I understand why people do want to keep their publishing if they're maybe more established and they yes. can, they have all the connections. But for us, we would have not written the same record without signing the smack where it just wouldn't have happened the same way i yeah i agree when you're more established and you already have all those connections i totally get that 100 percent. and you know why wouldn't you just want it all your publishers yeah. yourself um but if you don't have those connections you need it yeah i could do yeah mm-hmm. and the, it, our quality of writing went up um the people the rooms we were getting into it's just like we wouldn't have been able to do that without someone like um lee crable at smack booking and um, really being an advocate for us. Yeah. Well, we're we're fans. I've been a huge fan for a while. So let's talk about, um, you know, just since that happened, and I want to come back to the writing in a little bit, and you guys think about a song that you want to dive into mm-hmm. for the stories band songs. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the last year has been a whirlwind for y'all. I mean, it's just like, Watching from Nashville, I mean, we've been chatting back and forth for a while. I think it was the last show. It may not have been the last show that you played here, but the last show that you played that I was here, um, you played, oh gosh, I can't even remember what song it was now. Um, but it was the first time you'd ever played. Oh, Hometown. Hometown, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, we did debut that in here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was going back because I took a video that I uh, I think I sent it to you. Yeah, I made yes. it. I sent it again. No, I, I okay. saw it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was like a year ago. 
and you know just seeing everything that's happened so yeah yeah this year i mean we've been a duo for over 10 years now and they say nashville's a 10 years 10 year town we've only been here for six but we have been a duo for 10 years uh but this year is really i feel like the first time we're really feeling that breakthrough as artists we still have a long way to go obviously uh but it's nice to really start seeing some of your biggest dreams come true and and happen and connect to your music in a whole new way uh this yeah this year has been crazy if you would have told us all the things that were going to happen this year i probably wouldn't have believed you uh especially you know being independent artists for eight years uh we've never had this many people trying to help us before which is amazing and it's all people we trust and love and and feel um super comfortable and they have our best you know um what about lord interest and yet interest i was like not intentions (laughs) best interest that all works yeah (laughs) um so we're very fortunate, but it, it is like we worked extremely hard at the same time. So yeah. it's nice to know that it's all was leading somewhere. Yeah, it's it's really cool. We're really just grateful. And honestly, at the end of the day, all we've ever hoped for is that we can play music for a living. And so the fact that it's still continuing every year, every year, we're just grateful that we can still do this, uh, you know, as a job and for our likes and pay our bills doing this. Honestly, that's like success to us at the bottom line of everything. Now everything else that this happened is just like with Cherry Altona. Really cool. So, okay. Other than um, a really cool stage here at a town, let's, let's wait okay. for that. Uh, what's been the coolest thing that you guys have done in the last year or so? Oh, we did get to play our song Shoot Tequila on the ACM Awards, which was super cool. Because, uh, you know, we grew up watching those shows. Yeah. It's And then to be a part of it and to be walking the red carpet and performing on the show it was just we kind of had to not think about like the scale of what like, it was it. like this is cool we're just kind of like okay this is just another day you know but yeah. that was really cool um for them to to include us and you know trust us I, when people give us those opportunities it's a lot of trust from them saying you know we think you guys can handle this situation yeah. and we like what you do and so that was a really cool moment for us to see that uh, oh, we uh, got to perform in, in London for the first yes. time. Yes. Oh, tell me about that. Yeah, the C2C festival over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we weren't on the festival. Like, we were planning on going over there with Shoot Tequila. This song has taken on a life of its own. And some of our top streaming cities are, like, London, Sydney, Australia. And so with London, obviously, being one of the top cities, they kind of had booked us for the festival last minute. Like, let's go start seeing what's over there, seeing and people know your music. So... We got to the festival and it was wild. I could not believe how many people knew uh, Shoot Tequila. They were like, talk a little girl, shoot tequila, one tequila, two tequila. It was They awesome stories. And, uh, you know, we were on a couple of smaller stages. We had been booked kind of last minute for this festival and it was packed out. Like it was just uh, an experience we'll never forget for sure. And so we can't wait to go back. But, you know, it's one thing if people know your music, in America, but then you go to another country and they know your music. That's just, it's very weird. Like we're from small town, North Dakota, but we don't get out much. No, (laughs) being in London was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I would say that like, um, people here in the States like country music less, like, cause we have such great fans, right? Yep. But I think um, from what I've seen, it's like in Europe or Australia even, like they just don't get it. 
as much, yeah. right? Yeah. It's so expensive to take the band and the cartage and everybody behind the scenes, you know, to, to anything overseas. So, you know, if, if you do and they, they're fans, they're like that super fans and just like. They appreciate you so much for like taking the flight, going over there. And yeah, like I said, we don't get over there as often, maybe once a year, maybe major countries give it like max maybe. Um, but they're so attentive to lyrics yeah. as well. Um, they listen. Yeah, very, very. Anyways, they're really just, they want to get you to know you as people, as artists. They're invested into the full story, not just one song. So, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, so how long were you there? It's two a days. Like, <laughs> oh, you didn't get to travel. Like. So, it was kind of chaotic getting over there because we had events like Thursday night and Tuesday night. And so, we had flown overnight to get to London. We were delayed three hours. I lost my bag. So, we barely, in four minutes to spare, made our first show. Like, we, we were going to make it. We were coming <laughs> hot. Like, I had to wear my leggings that I had been wearing for, like, 24 hours. My hair was not, it was just a mess, but I had, I showed up to this day. Show must go on. Yeah, that was all that mattered. And I said, you know, sorry for, they don't care. And they don't, they were just. They happy. really loved it. Yeah, I was like, hey, well, maybe I'll show up again my first time in London. Yeah. So, and then the next day, obviously, we. I hadn't finally gotten my bed sleep and some sleep and, um, you know, got to do the whole glam thing. But it was kind of a memory now that we will never. Oh, yeah. Well, I will forget that. I mean, I had tears streaming down my face that morning because I was like, like, we came all the way to London. We're going to miss the show. This is how you know we're sisters. She's like crying. I was like, Kendra, you can cry later. Get it together. We have a show to play. <laughs> we got to get in. Which I made sure she was OK. But I was like, I have a jacket. We had her ma- like I. I, I I had a strip in a tax- taxi cab, although I don't know, like, I can say that. I was, like, to our manager, I was like, Greg, close your eyes, like, hello, London, you know? <laughs> but, hey, show had to go on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you You're you you make it happen, whatever you got to do to make it happen, yeah. and we experienced that, and um, that's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. We'll, ne- we'll never forget it. Yeah, <laughs> London was probably one of the highlights of the year so far. It'll probably be a better memory now, because, like, you know, if you had the, like, ton of time in the green room and like oh like it still would have been cool right but like how exciting of a story is that yeah that's so boring yeah you're stripping in a taxi cab (laughs) exactly it's gotta go with a song at some point (laughs) stripping in a taxi cab yeah (laughs) i love it all right well um okay i'm i'm excited to hear all about this so let's jump to a phone call from ashley um (laughs) that still like sends me so we, that was actually the day we were filming a video for Hometown Song. So uh, a little bit later, circle. And our team had, Shoot Tequila was still going, it's still going pretty viral at that time. They're like, hey, let's do a, a fun piece of content. We want you guys to watch these Shoot Tequila videos and react to them. And we just want to get your reaction. You're like, oh, okay. Well, it wasn't totally like a weird thing for them to suggest it. But it was a little, the timing of it was a little bit like, why didn't you do this right now? Like, we're filming <laughs> another video. Um, and so we get to the third video, and here pops up Ashley McBride. And uh, I think Kendra, Krista, and I think both of our faces just went kind of like blank because I think we knew when she popped up on the screen what was about to happen. And then she told us that we were making our Grand Ole Opry debut on May 13th, 2023. And we both just started, like, mauling in tears. It was a really... Right. Really cool moments. You have been waiting your whole life. Yeah. I mean, at least 
ever since I've been in my teens, I've we wanted to play plays a Randall Opry stage. That's a huge stage. It's such an honor. So to like physically hear the words, like we want you to make your Randall Opry debut. I've never been proposed to, but I feel like I imagine that's what it would feel like. The words you've been waiting to hear for forever, just like said to you and like kind of start laughing. And I don't even know what date she said because in the the reaction video, I was like, what did you say? What did you say? I was like, what? Play it again, play it again. Um, But for us, it's like playing the Opry is like, um, so such validation. This episode is brought to you by Brit Skin Beauty. Located in the beautiful Indulgence Medi Spa in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Brittany is the go-to esthetician for facials, dermaplaning, microdermabrasion, waxing, lashes, and any skincare products and consultations. So many people in the music industry use her frequently, and her work speaks for itself. To schedule your next consultation or make an appointment, visit BritSkinBeauty.com or send an email to BritSkinBeauty at gmail.com. Yeah, if you guys have not seen the video uh, <laughs> of Ashley calling them, go check it out because like it, it was amazing the the tears and the excitement and yeah, it was so funny when you were like, "Wait, what date did she say?" It was like I was panicking because I wanted to know what our you know Grand Ole Opry debut date was, and I didn't remember. <laughs> I blacked out. How soon is it? When is it? Yeah, <laughs> and it was like in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. it was about a month after she had sent that video to us. So our management team had known since February and it had kept this secret from us. I'm like, how could you keep this secret from us? Uh, and then we looked at the lineup for that night and mm-hmm. it turned out, I was like, we were already excited to make our Grand Ole Opry debut, but Carrie Underwood, of all people, mm-hmm. it happened to be her 15th um, year being an Opry member mm-hmm. that same night. So it was a double show. So we got to make one and two in the same in the same night, mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of fun stuff there. Wow! And was, was that cool. in May? Is that right? Yeah, May thirteenth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So May thirteenth will forever be. I have ingrained. a tattooed on me somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we should honestly. Hey, yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, What room were you in? The oh, Aubrey debut debut room. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. what the number was. Four, maybe. I don't know what the number was, but yeah, they have an Opry debut room yeah. for anyone making their de- debut. Uh, so it's really, really special. And there's like a quote from Taylor Swift in there and all this, you know, really fun stuff and pictures of people making their debuts. And so when we walked into the room for the first time, we both just broke down in tears. Yeah. I think that was when it hit us initially mm-hmm. that day of, cause there was a lot of emotions going on, you know, on the debut, mm-hmm. but walking into the dressing room, it wasn't the reserve for Tiger Lily Gold sign. It wasn't the hatch print. Stepping into the dressing room, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. this, this is, is happening. And so many nerves. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just something so special about walking under that archway into the, you know, into the mm-hmm. back. And then when you like get to security and they're like, how you doing? And let mm-hmm. you in and Gym. Like, just walking those halls. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's because- so special. I mean, all your heroes who you love have also done the same yeah. thing. And uh, so you just feel very validated and thankful that you get to be, you know, one of those artists that gets to step into that circle as well. And uh, we got to play it again a few uh, last week and then we get to play it again in July. So just feeling very thankful that, you know, we're a family band and everything at the Opry 
they all talk about yeah. how it's a family and so you can uh, feel it too. And, yeah we we can really feel it and so last time we were there already they're like well you guys are part of the family mm-hmm. and so it's really just really mm-hmm. special yeah and they had put us this last time we played in the it, it takes, takes two room which i guess is just reserved for duos i mean they duets. had duets like you know dolly and porter like johnny and june yeah pictures mm-hmm. in there uh so that was really cool yeah 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 gosh i'm so proud of you guys <laughs> thank, thank you thank you yeah so much stuff has happened it's just, so amazing it's just wild i i i like to think about all of it but if i mm-hmm. think about all of it too much we'll be driving home from like trader joe's and just start crying so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I mean, it's like the fan base that you guys are building too. Um, you know, and of like, like you said, you've had you've been doing this for ten years, and you know, started with YouTube, and then you've you've been incredible on socials, TikTok, and Instagram, and all of that. Um, so you're building this fan base um, as you continue to grow. But you know, we were talking before this. I was in Charleston a few weeks, and you know, sent y'all a picture. It was like this guy. Like I didn't even tell you the whole story, but. He, he was telling us, this this guy that uh, has that brewery out there, um, you know, was telling me about like, oh, I'm like big fans of, of country music and, you know, people from Nashville and we just had one of my favorite groups here. And like, <laughs> it was going on and on and on and never said who it was. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then like, we go around and he shows me like this room and there's this like huge poster size of you uh, where you both signed it. And I was like, you've gotta be kidding me. This is who you're talking about. This is so amazing. So it's just like, um, you know, to see that um, and just everything that's happening is just, it's, it's amazing for me to be able to s- sit back here on the sidelines and just watch, you know, from that first time that you walked on stage with Kent Blazy. Well, yeah, thank you. It's, it's, it's taken, been a journey. Yeah, it's taken a while to, to get to where we are now, but I think that's the fun of all of this is the journey and yeah. mm-hmm. step by step, day by day. And it is really fun. You know, we're really involved in social media because that's just for us another way for us to connect with fans yeah. and, you know, international fans and, you know, places that we can't always be. So it's really fun doing that while on the side, still playing all these shows and going mm-hmm. to meet people in person. Because uh, at the end of the day, that's the most important part is the fans and the people who yeah. really do want to support you through your journey. They're uh, going to be there no matter what. Regardless of what happens. It yep. is yeah. really cool this year. We've got to connect you know, with ACMs and operating. All, that is all very important stuff to us. But the fans will always, mm-hmm. they'll always be there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kendra and I, like we said, this year especially, it feels like maybe this happened overnight this year to some people. We came out of nowhere. Uh, but we don't want to be here and gone. You know what I mean? Right. We want to be a lasting you know, impact in country music. So mm-hmm. we were going to be playing music together regardless if any of this had happened. It's nice that it's mm-hmm. happened and we, we appreciate it. Uh, but we want to be playing for the next forever you know yeah. uh we've we're gonna be 80 years old still on hey. stage yes, yes. <laughs> people never stop touring the reunion tours yeah yes. but so for us it's like yes this is a breakthrough year for us but we hope to just keep growing and mm-hmm. we're not gonna stop anytime soon here so no you're not no i believe that <laughs> just getting started really yeah. well let's go let's go back into um writing and uh walk me through um you know that whole process for everybody listening and the story mm-hmm. behind a song you guys picked. yeah yeah i think shoot tequila actually is a really fun story um so shoot tequila is our first song at country radio it's our honky tonk fun anthem um 
we released it back in January and we were really not sure how the reaction was going to be, but it's our biggest song. I mean, the reaction has been, I think it has over 60 million views on social media. It's just, mm -hmm. it's gone wild. Uh, you know, we've never seen anything like that for us before. So it's been really cool. But the day we wrote that song, we wrote it with Kevin Griffin. Mm -hmm. Almost how long ago has it been? Almost two years ago? Yeah, probably. And David Mezcon. So this is our first write with them. Never had met them. Uh, so we walk in and we had kind of like, we always creep a little bit before to see, you know, who these people are. Not just just kind of get a gauge. Yeah. Well, you, you know? don't want to be not prepared. It's like right. dating in a writer's room. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I want to know what songs they've written just so yeah. I don't feel like an idiot being right. like, who is this person more than anything? Mm -hmm. And so we had seen that Kevin had written Stuck Like Glue by Sugarland, and Sugarland was one of our really early influences. And Stuck Like Glue is one of the first covers we had ever put on YouTube. I think it was the first cover mm -hmm. we had ever put on YouTube together. I don't even think I could play a guitar at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we were telling Kevin this, obviously, just to kind of connect. And he had this cigar guitar box, or what is it called? Yeah, as a gift from Chris, Christian Bush uh, for Stuck Like Glue number one, I think, party. Uh, he had gifted Kevin a cigar box that they had turned into like a four string little guitar thing. Yeah. You know, kind of a half an instrument, half a prop type of thing. Yeah. But it yeah. sounded really swampy and really cool. And they're like, hey, every time we write with this, it's swampy and cool. So we started off with the cigar box. Yeah, and then usually in the writing room for us, we always want to start with a good idea because otherwise we don't get very excited about what's about to happen. Yeah. So everyone's kind of throwing out ideas. And I had had this idea in my notes for a while called shoot tequila, but not like, well, a little bit like shoot tequila, but more mm. like shoot comma tequila. Like yeah. almost like you're talking to your bestie or maybe an ex or I, I don't know, someone. Dang that, but the tequila. tequila is personified mm. in the song. Um, so I brought that idea and everyone's kind of like, ooh, there's, that's fun. There's something there. And so Kevin starts jamming on this cigar guitar box. There's got to be a name for it, right? <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> name is. And he's kind of like, nur, 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 nur. and then uh, David's over there putting the track down and, you know, all these guitar sounds. And then it just kind of naturally starts to happen. You're like, oh, that's cool. We started oh, with the cool. chorus for this yep. song. It doesn't always happen that way. Um, and Krista, when she writes, is she's yelling out lines left and right where I'm more melodically driven and conceptually driven. So I'm like, okay, does this make sense? What are we trying? What's the point we're trying to get across here? I'm like keeping everyone kind of in check in a way. Almost <laughs> like, does this make you sense? You have the overarching yes. picture in your mind. I'm a very stream of conscious, you know, person yeah. where I'm just blurting so out Krista's lines. Like, what if we did shake, shake Shakira hips? And I thought it was a stupid line right <laughs> away. I'm not going to lie. Because I, I say, you know, 20 stupid things yeah. and one, one sticks. Yeah. And Kevin and David and myself were all like, no. That's great because when you have a little too much tequila, you think you have Shakira hips. Yeah. Like that is, and when with our music, we want people to laugh a little. Like we want them to giggle and have a good time and, and let loose. It's supposed to be funny. Right. Yeah. That was the whole point of this song. And so um, Shakira hips. And then we, we had tried to work the second verse out and we could not get it for the right. life of us that day. And so we were like, let's, let's come back. Put to it, it away. We have something really good so far. We had had the first First, first and, chorus. and chorus. I think we had changed a little bit of the pre-chorus. Um, and so we came back to it second time. And the line that has really connected and gone viral on social media is, 
uh, had a little sense I would have stopped at four, said a curse in your name on the bathroom floor, swear to God I won't drink tequila no more, but mama didn't raise mama no didn't quitters. Mama didn't raise no quitters. And yep. that's the line that everyone has connected to. And I remember we were in the second right for this song. Where do we go with it? The second verses are Swear the bait of my existence. Swear to God, I won't drink tequila no more. What comes after that? And Krista was like, but mama didn't raise no quitter. And all of us had jumped up during that. We knew that that was oh. like, that is the yeah. money line. And, and then after that, it was, I was like, now we okay. got to rhyme with quitter. <laughs> What's um, next? So it's just, it's fun how sometimes that happens. Sometimes it don't. Yeah. Sometimes it don't. Sometimes it don't. <laughs> I, you don't uh, always get. Well, that was our first right, also with Kevin Griffin and, and David Mescon. So yeah. we're walking in with a fresh mind, open mind. Because sometimes you connect with people, sometimes you don't. Yeah. But that was another just lightning in a bottle, like capture the lightning yeah. in the bottle moment for us. And then since then, they turn into, you know, good friends of yeah. ours. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I And we, the thing with Shoot Tequila, we like to test our songs out live. Because we want to write the best songs, but also they need to connect live as well because we're so live focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played Shoot Tequila out on the road for about a year. We wrote this probably like late 2021. Yep. All of 2022, we played Shoot Tequila at every show. And and about every show, whether it was a bar crowd, a listening room crowd, like any theater. crowd, theater. Yep. That one always connected and people were always singing by the end of the song. And I was like, I don't know where this lives. I know we're going to record it, but I know it's something I know it's connecting it. with people, yeah. um, which is so cool to see it translate to country radio now because uh, our, our label wasn't sure, you know, what song to ship. We had turned in a, a record and they're like, you don't know what is the radio single necessarily. Yeah, you're you're guessing. I yeah. mean, you might have you a can good gut know feeling. It, you can have a good gut feeling, but no one knows for sure right. what song is the song that fans are going to connect to the yeah. most. And so when we really shoot tequila back in January, just the reaction had been so overwhelming. And mm-hmm. uh, it still is our song that, you know, what are we, six, seven months later, is continuing to go viral. It's continuing to be the song that people from all over the world just seem to to love and connect to. And it's, it's fun because we really always wanted our own little honky-tonk anthem. We sang down on Broadway for years. We hope that people sing this song down mm-hmm. on Broadway for years to come. And so, you know, we're all about that girl group, sister, fun energy. We obviously have our more vulnerable moments as well. But overall, the overarching theme for us is just mm-hmm. fun girl group energy. And so for Shoot Tequila to be kind of the first song um, off this project that really is taken off is right. is super fun. And, you know, it's not always foolproof, like us testing live songs out on the audience. But I'm if it works every time, you do have something there. Yeah. And I feel like... If I could give advice to people, test them out live. Mm-hmm. Um, songs that you think, we had a lot of songs we love, love that didn't cut for the record because we were testing them out live and it didn't really work in that setting. Um, and not that they, they say not they that wouldn't. every song has right. to. Not to say they wouldn't yeah. belong on another record sometime because they're still great songs, but um, that is one way to test it out, especially because at our level, we are opening up for a lot of bigger artists. Um, and people are still not very familiar with our, us and our music. So it's nice to just catch people's attention right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be like one of the next things for you is that, you know, you played all these cover songs on Whiskey Row, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, you know, maybe six months, whatever, you guys go to Broadway and you walk into any of those <laughs> bars down there and they're covering your music. I would music. lose my sheet. 
<laughs> I will be like, can I join you on stage, please? This is so. No, I would. I would just. I would just be in awe in the audience, saying thank you. And how cool would that be? We. Uh, yeah. I mean, I that would be the dream. I people make a lot of twenty dollars tips off that song. Yeah, it's funny because we've met a few of the artists. Like Krista met Darius Rucker one time, and she went up to him and she said, "Thank you for re-recording Wagon Wheel because I." have paid my rent through $20 requests. <laughs> uh, yes. And so I hope someone can say the same to us. Like, thank you for helping me pay, pay my rent because I've gotten a lot of $20 requests for shoot tequila. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, what's next? Man, I mean, just a lot of music. We have a EP coming out, um, which is kind of the first initial teaser of the record that's coming. And so we're excited to showcase this and kind of get fans ready and, and energized uh, for everything that's coming. And then just a lot of shows, a lot of festivals, a lot of our own headlining shows. Um, you know, next really big goal would be to get on, you know, a major tour or do our own headlining tour, obviously. So those are some fun goals ahead, but just to keep creating and keep meeting people on the road and mm -hmm. having fun along the way. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's fun. Somebody told me, uh, I think it was Victoria Shaw said, if you're doing this and not having fun, quit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. No. I mean, there's going to be good days and bad days, obviously, but we get to travel and play music for a living, um, which is two things I really love to do. So yeah. if I'm not happy doing that, I'm in the wrong business. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, to, to wrap up, um, I always like to end, and Krista, you just gave a little bit of advice. So, okay. um, but I always like to end with giving advice. So, mm -hmm. um, maybe we'll, you have some more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll, uh, no, you have to go again. Okay. So, <laughs> I got, uh, I got yeah. all things up my, yeah. my sleeve that I'm actually not wearing right now. No. <laughs> so, if, if you're talking to eight year old self, knowing what you know now, um, Kendra, let's start with you. Uh, what yeah. advice do you give yourself? I would just say, Work really, really hard. Be kind to everyone. Uh, never think you're better than anyone else. Mm. And be yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, being who you are and your most authentic self, that's what's going to shine through. You, you can learn from other people, but, uh, man, people are going to like you for you, and they're going to connect to you for you. And so I think those would be the, the main three things I would Tell myself and keep going. Even when you feel like, I don't know what's on the other side, just Hold keep going. Cause yeah, you really don't know what is about to happen. I think so much of this career for sure is just persevering through a lot of times when you feel like you're kind of just going like this. Yeah. But then, you know, if you just keep pushing a little further, like what's around the corner is unbelievable. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said a lot of great things. Yeah, I know. I just kept going on. So, hey, <laughs> um, I guess to add to that, because I believe all those things that mm -hmm. you said, um, I am not a patient person, but patience is such an important thing in the music business. I personally would have told you at 14 years old, I was ready to sign a record deal in Nashville. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think everything that you do along the way is so important for songwriting. All the mm -hmm. I have so many more experiences to write about now, going through things. Um, but patience, it, it's timing, and it's like the worst thing to hear when you're in it. You know, like oh, it, the timing is is not right, or you know, a couple more years. But timing really is everything. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for us 
We're 10 years into being and a duo. And you're not saying like sit back and relax. No, no, no. Work your butt off. But know that it will pay off when, yes. when it's meant to be. Yeah. Timing. Yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. saying sit back and wait for it to come. Make your own opportunities. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for things. Uh, I think people get scared. But the worst thing someone can say to you is like, no, maybe not at this time. Um, and then you move on. Yeah, and, it, and really mm -hmm. a no is not a failure or right. a bad thing. It's just like, okay, not at this time, maybe a closed door. Um, yeah, and keep going. And just because you do things in a different way doesn't mean it's wrong. Everyone has to pave your own path, you know, mm -hmm. their own path. So um, also, yeah, to keep keep your spark, keep what keeps you you going. Um, you're not going to mesh with everybody in the music industry, but find your, find your people, lean into them. Stay joyful. Exactly. Stay joyful. I'm obviously very much a stream of consciousness writer, and that doesn't always mix with everybody. But, um, but yeah, keep what makes you unique going strong. Um, yeah. So good. And then all the things you said about, you know, being kind to people. Like, we're so surprised how many people tell us that people have treated been treated poorly mm -hmm. in the music industry. And I don't want that to make that um, a standard. So, yeah, no one's better than anyone else. So treat people because, yo, every career goes like this and this. So be nice on the way up. Be nice on the way down. <laughs> That's right. You're going to yep. do a We're both. going to church here today. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> I love it. Better preach. We grew up Baptist. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love it. Well, Krista, Kendra, thank you so much for being here. It's been a blast. And I can't wait to bring you back in like a year or two and talk about, hey, you remember that first time you walked on the Opry? And like, and look at where you are now. So mm, we'll yeah. just, we'll keep this conversation going as amazing as your career continues to just flourish. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for having us and letting us share our story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Tiger Lily Gold. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also, make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.